True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal and Renee. And we're so excited to be back. We have kind of been on a hiatus on accident. So we hope everyone's doing all right. And we're so happy that you decided to tune in. Yeah, it's nice to be here again. It's been a while. Yeah, it really but I has. mean, it is hard, you know, with um, as many episodes as we have, it's hard to come up with content. But there are people that share things with us and ideas. So we're really thankful for that. Oh, are we ever? All right, I'm going to start off like we usually do. I'm going to read a review, and we're so happy to get your nice reviews. Thank you. Um, this one is from Lala1139. This one came in very recently. Um, the title says, Great and Insightful Podcast, Five Stars. Nice. And Lala1139 said, I've followed the Missy Beavers murder since the day it happened. Renee and Crystal do a great job at keeping this case relevant and heard as the police department has been silent for years. I really enjoy listening to their podcast. They are always upbeat, seem like really sweet and genuine people, and I enjoy the guests they bring on and their perspective. Thanks for keeping this in case in the public eye. And hi from Houston. And then she put a happy face. That is so nice. Yes, thank you, Lala 1139. We love hearing that. And um, we really appreciate it. You wouldn't, you have no idea how much your good reviews mean to us. Um, it really helps us keep going. And um, if there's ever any comments or suggestions you have for us, we're also, we're also on all the major social medias. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, um, Facebook. Please don't hesitate to message us individually on Messenger or our podcast um, account. Either way, we read everything. And we would love to hear from you. You know what? <clears throat> Remember the other day I mentioned to you the uh, the recording where people can leave a message on Anchor, and now they're taking it away. Oh, I'm so irritated about that. I don't think they're taking that away. They're taking oh. away the notification. Oh, well, I thought you meant they were taking it where they could leave a voice message. I don't oh, think so. I'll never check. mind. Yeah, <laughs> we love your voice. Oh, by the way, since you brought it up, you can leave a voicemail on Anchor. I'll check into that. Okay. I don't think they're doing away with that. I think oh, it was good. the notifications are doing away, oh. which is really weird. Whatever. But yeah, so you can leave us a voicemail on Anchor. It's just like leaving a telephone voicemail. Like if you call someone and they say leave a message after the beep, it's just like that. You just hit the button and record what you want to say, and it'll go directly to us. So we just Anchor won't account. be notified about it. Is that what you're telling me? That's what I think. The things the notification. <laughs> said we're going to do away with the notification. That's so weird. Okay, well, we'll just have to check it and go, oh, surprise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something to talk about. So, um, okay, so we read our review. Oh, there was something else. Um, did you have anything you wanted to announce, Renee, before I launch into this next thing? I really don't think I have any announcements, unfortunately. No, I wish cool. I did. Hey, no worries. <laughs> um, we... Um, Oh, first of all, before we get into this episode, before I read this next thing that we got... Um, I just want to mention that if you're close to Missy, especially if you're a family member, this episode might not be the one for you. Um, we're going to True. we're going to talk about some really disturbing things about her murder, mm -hmm. and maybe details that people don't want to hear that are close to her. I mean, I wouldn't want to hear this about my loved one. I'm glad you mentioned that. I just wanted to issue a warning. And also something that we should say at the top of every show, but we always forget, is these this these podcasts are just our opinions. Mm -hmm. It's the research that Renee and I have done um, on our own, and we do not represent the family. We certainly do not re represent law enforcement. We are merely passing along things as we learn them and doing our own independent research. It's strictly our opinions. Yep. True. This, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Okay, so with that being said, a while back, um, we were chatting with Missy's mother-in-law, 
who's a really nice lady. She is super And sweet. yeah, super sweet, super worried about her family. And she cared deeply about Missy. And of course, her son, Brandon, was married to Missy and for many years. And I asked her, I said, if there any, we were going to ask her to be on the show and she wasn't quite comfortable with that. But I said, if there's anything you want us to say on the show, send it to us. So she thought about it for a while, and then she did send us something. So I'm just going to read it now. Okay. Um, And this is from Missy's mother-in-law. Okay, starting now. Not sure how to word this, but y'all can figure it out. Whoops, I wasn't supposed to read that part. Okay. (laughs) In the beginning, we were able to have family meetings with MPD. They were so good about keeping us informed on how things were going. They probably even told us things we might not should have been told. But we never let that information get out. Never would we have wanted to jeopardize the investigation, so we kept quiet. Now, six years later, we are no longer allowed to have any family meetings. And she means with the police. Mm -hmm. Not even when Missy's oldest daughter, at 21 years old, wanted to sit down and talk with them. We've had Hannah on our show, I think, right around the time she sent us this. That was Hannah. I feel like MPD thinks we don't matter anymore. We are nobodies. That our family just needs to forget about it and move on with our lives. Well, that it doesn't work that way. Would they want to be treated this way if it was their family member that was murdered? I seriously doubt it. Around week two or three, I had a meeting with one of the detectives, and he told me, exact quote, I am not your friend. And then he repeated it a second time. Can you imagine how that made me feel? These people are supposed to solve Missy's murder. She was my daughter-in-law, my son's wife, my three granddaughter's mom. And to be told something like that, still waiting on an apology. I am not happy with Middle Eastern Police Department, to put it lightly. That is unbelievable and, and very sad. Yeah, um, the victim's mother-in-law sent us that message, and she told us, I double-checked with her. I said, are you sure you're okay with um, us reading it directly if we just completely word it that way? And she said, that's fine with me. So we did. I didn't want to embellish it by just trying to paraphrase it. I mm-hmm. wanted to read directly yeah, the message exactly she sent us in Messenger. Said. Yeah, so that's what it was. And we told her we would share it. We actually forgot the last time we did our Missy episode. We haven't done that many Messy episodes lately just because the, the case is stalled as far as the public knows. Right. Um, they claim they're working hard on it behind the scenes, of course. But there's been no updates, nothing. So anyway, that's why you've been seeing us cover other cases. If you haven't checked out the Daniel Underwood case, it's a fascinating case. We just wrapped that one up. And um, there's four episodes. So, all right. So without further ado, today's um, episode, Renee and I wanted to discuss the difference between this murder and the vast majority of murders. This one is very, very, very different. The way Missy was killed. Um I think I'll just start off a little bit and then I'll hand over to Renee. I I refer to Cheryl McCollum a lot Uh because she was one of the best guests we've had on. And Cheryl McCollum, if you're not familiar with her, she is the director of the Cold Case Research Institute. I'm sorry, the Cold Case Investigative Research Institute in Georgia. She is an Emmy-winning CSI for her work on CSI Atlanta. And she works for her local police department and um, outside of uh, Atlanta. She yeah. stays so busy. Yeah, she really does. And she's a wonderful investigator. And what she said about this case, please go back and listen to the True Crime Broads episode with Cheryl McCollum from early 2021, if you haven't yet. January. Yeah, she said, quote, 
that Missy's killer is, quote, the most stone-cold stalker. Yeah. Very good description. And the thing that makes Missy's murder so different than most murders is just the way it it happened. I mean, usually a murder, like in the Daniel Underwood case, you can see it's just a situation that just got out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, that one could have been planned, you know, but... There's so many murders that you can just kind of see that people just freaked out. Yeah. Or it was planned and the person just shot the person and ran off. Right. Rarely do you see such a theatrical display. I agree with you on that. I'm very gory, very... um it's, it's like like you say, like you're watching a movie and you're like watching the person walk towards or go somewhere and you know that the other person's going to come home or whatever. It's, you know, very scary. Yeah, it, it is like a horror movie. And most murders aren't that way. This person also, you know, there's when this does get prosecuted, there's going to be absolutely no doubt about whether or not this was premeditated. Oh, yeah. There absolutely. was so much effort put in. Now, I don't honestly believe that the person planned it for months and months. Right. But I do believe that they broke into that church to with harming Missy in mind. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe they dressed up in that outfit to intimidate Missy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that they were there to kill Missy and that this whole thing is a very theatrical production, and you just don't normally see that in murders. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. <clears throat> it's like, like you said, most times that people just walk up like that, uh, one lady that was holding a yard sale and somebody just gets out of their car, walks over, shoots her, gets back in their vehicle and leaves. Yeah. I mean, horrible. That's the kind of stuff you normally hear. And, um, you know, and Cheryl McCollum, back to her, she goes over the various reasons why she doesn't think this person was just some stranger to Missy who was simply there to harm the church in some way. Um, this this person that killed Missy wanted to wait for Missy and scare Missy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't enough for this person to eliminate Missy, which sounds really harsh in itself, but she wanted to terrorize her. She want this, this killer wanted to get up close and personal. Right. And this is not a comment on anything that Missy did or didn't do. This is a comment on how sick this individual is that killed her. Exactly. And, um, you know, this, this perpetrator waited inside. They didn't shoot her in the parking lot. For example, they didn't, um, they didn't, try to find a way to just kill her and run off. Mm -hmm. They waited. They, Mm -hmm. from everything that we have heard, I think we can say it's been confirmed several times that this perpetrator did something to get Missy's attention Mm -hmm. and got Missy to walk down a hallway toward the perpetrator. Mm -hmm. So we don't know. Now, back when we heard from on the HLN show, if you haven't watched that yet, it's called Murder in the Church, and Missy's episode is number four, I believe. And they talk about the forensic uh, podiatrist that worked on the case, Dr. Michael Nuremberg. He said that when Missy, he has seen the vid- parts of the video the public hasn't seen. Right. Just like the family has seen parts mm-hmm. of the video that the public hasn't seen. The public's only seen the perpetrator wandering around the church on camera. They have seen Missy actually pulling up and walking in under the awning. Um, she pulls up. So when she walks in, she hears something. 
And the reason everyone says they know she heard something is because she jerks her head. Mm-hmm. Now, Missy has done that several times before, opened up the church by herself, and she had every reason to believe she would be alone. I mean, it was a locked church before the crack of dawn, mm-hmm. and that was her routine. Well, this horrible morning, she heard something. Now, we don't have it confirmed if the perp called out to her and said, Hey, Missy, or if they said, Hey, come here. Or Missy could have just heard the, the perp make a sound, mm-hmm. like like a sneeze. Shuffling around. Yeah, yeah, some kind of a noise. I tend to believe, this is just me, okay, my opinion, I kind of tend to believe that the perp called out to her in some manner. Well, we've heard that through the years so many different times. I don't really know how it got out, but I guess, you know, there could have been someone in law enforcement that saw it and maybe just shared it with somebody who continued to share it. But we've been hearing that since 2016. Well, and then in more recent months, we had it confirmed by people who have seen it. Um, Right. Well, first time we had it confirmed was Dr. Michael Nuremberg Mm -hmm. in the HLN show. So then it felt like, okay, that's no longer a rumor. This guy is on TV saying he saw it. Right. And then we've also heard the same thing from family members. And if you've missed our episode with Christy Stout, who is Brandon's sister, which she was a close friend of Missy's and also her sister-in-law. She she talks about Missy hearing something. So mm-hmm. this, I, I think we can safely say that's official information. Because, because she jerks her head or yeah. kind of, yeah. Yeah, and, and it just looks like you can tell she hears something mm-hmm. because no one kind of jerks their head for no reason and looks in a different direction. And the police actually ask them, is she the kind of person that would hear something and continue on like, like, or I think they were actually referring to the, the glass or something. I really still don't understand that part. But anyway, is she the kind of person to keep going? Because I can tell you, if I'm in a place like that, that's secluded, dark, middle of the morning, I hear something, I'm out of there so quick. That's true. Unless they say your name. That's even worse. They but, say my but, name, I'm still leaving. But that's <laughs> true. But then you might think, well, this person knows me. This is probably somebody who... Is I'll part of the workout that class. in the parking lot. In the parking lot. No, I'll be in my car. No, I'm telling you. you I was like, have, call me. You and I have discussed this before. <laughs> if if we were one of the campers, I'm jumping ahead, but if we were one of the campers that found her, mm-hmm. we would have said, call me when the cops get oh, here. Yeah. I, the fact that those campers hung around and waited for the police was so brave because that, that perpetrator could have easily been still in the building. Yeah, and that, like, because they were these people they, too. They had no confirmation that the person was gone. Right. Okay. So anyway, back to what we were talking about. Sorry, I have I can get off track really fast. Me too. Um, okay. So, so we already talked about Dr. Nuremberg, um, about Missy turning her head quickly, and also Mister uh, Missy's sister-in-law touched on this in her interview, and it seems like the person did call out to her. Um, we just don't know. And I wish that we did because that's just such a comment on the freaky person that did this. This Very person is crazy. creepy, and they wanted to instill fear in her, like, yes. really bad. Yes, Very much was enjoying sort of the horror movie dramatic element of this mm-hmm. because this is not your basic murder. No. And um, so we have mentioned on the podcast before just simply because we don't like to share things that the public doesn't know yet Mm -hmm. but this has been talked about so much online and I think it's safe to say that there was gunshots 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's even websites that talk about it that some people say are powered by the FBI. Actually, I asked Bobby Chacon when he was on our show, and he said that's not really managed by the FBI, but there was some kind of... I've got to go back and listen. I forgot I what he too. said. I, I know. I remember him saying something. It's like not by them, but they get their information. Whoever it is yes, that does it gets yes. their information from them, and so then they report it. So there's some yeah. connection there. Yeah. yeah. The murderdata.org has been reporting that a 46-year-old woman was shot, I mean, in Midlothian that exact same day. We know that there wasn't two of them. Mm-hmm. So right. um, two murders that day. So this part to me is key. Because if this would have been a robber who was in there who just was like, oh, my gosh, someone came in and I'm busted and I'm going to have to shoot her. He, or a cosplayer or any kind of a vandal. Okay. If one of those types of people, not, a, not someone who was there to murder Missy, but just somebody who was there for some other reason okay, maybe they would have shot her. That's a, that's going, I doubt it, but let's say that for the sake of this argument that they would shoot her, then they would run out. This perpetrator, and we can't give details because we really don't have a lot of them confirmed, but at this point, it's safe to say from all the information we've gotten, the person didn't stop at shooting her. Right. They continued to harm her after she was down. That just screams personal to me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're you're sitting you're sitting in a in a church and here's the thing, at the time of her entry, obviously they aren't seen on camera, so they're not vandalizing, they're not cosplaying, they're hiding, right? Mm-hmm. So they're hiding. She walks in and they wait a little bit, and as Christy tells the story, she and then walks they, in, they say something to her, yeah. or they make a get, noise, get her attention, to get her attention, get her to turn around, and then they they begin their terrorizing, um, they start their the brutal murder. It, it, yeah, I don't see how anybody can see it any other way than this, and it's not just because it's my opinion; it's just the facts. Yeah, the the, the facts just don't support a random person being in that church right that morning and this this it has just such a big horror movie aspect to it the costume the costume super scary the way that it moved so slowly the perpetrator was there a long time before missy was well i'm going to tell you it has i mean i know that it has affected many people this this murder in ellis county i can tell you it's affected me just with hallways because in my old house, you would go down the hall and you would take a right. And there was this really long hall all the way to my bedroom. I hated that hall, especially at night when I was by myself. I'd go down that hall and I would be so scared. Like, is there going to be somebody down there? Is there mm-hmm. going to be somebody on the other side of the door? So, yeah. I mean, it even gives us that vibe and that feel just from seeing it. And that's and if you hear everybody talk about that um, surveillance footage, everybody says one of the creepiest things they've ever seen. Absolutely. And we also have reason to believe that there was some time where Missy tried to get away when she realized that that person was not there for good reason. Right. And that the killer stopped her. And we'll just leave it at that um, for now. So the killer was very theatrical, dressed up, was lying in wait the location, the costume, it took effort to get dressed up like that. And I think the most important part 
of this whole theatrical event to me is that the killer wanted to confront Missy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people have even asked, "What do you think that they showed their uh, showed their face to her?" I mean, I guess it's possible. Um, they say the murder wasn't caught on camera, and I don't know if it's because it was actually ended up in that room, mm-hmm. kind of, because mm-hmm. there's not a camera there, which kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's the reason. Um, but uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry, <laughs> I got sidetracked with my. No, own. it's okay. It's just that the um, the cameras are on the perimeter of the building, and I don't know if this person was just kind of smart enough to know that interior rooms, rooms have, wouldn't have yeah. cameras. Because honestly, in a building like that, the main reason the cameras are there is to catch who's coming and yeah. going, mostly who's coming. Right. And or did they know that that was just one part? I mean, would they have the prior knowledge that that was a spot that the camera wouldn't reach? And there's also lots of, you know, Cheryl McCollum said that she doesn't think the killer realized they were on camera because how do you stage a break-in while you're on camera? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, because you're doing it. Because <laughs> you're, you're staging it to look like a break-in, Yeah, but we're seeing things, you do it. Yeah, you're inside, you're inside the church and you're breaking glass. So obviously you're already there. Why would you be breaking glass to get in? You're already in. Yeah. So it's obvious you're staging, and and if they would have known, they would have been like, "You're caught," because we see you doing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand what she's saying. Yeah. yeah, that's another reason I always thought it was weird that people would say that it was a burglary gone wrong or whatever, because they didn't burglar. I mean, they didn't take anything, and they had plenty plenty of time to take something. Right, and I don't mean to turn this episode into a Cheryl McCollum episode, but she is awesome, and please is. please go back and listen <laughs> to that episode. But in our episode with her, um, she says that's not, I mean, she's she says she's watched thousands of surveillance videos in her career. That is not what a surveillance video looks like of someone who's a thief right. or of someone who's a vandal. They get right, right to work. They don't saunter around the building. Right. In such an unfocused way. Dilly dally around like people say. (laughs) Well, yeah. And it looks like, hello, it looks like they're waiting for something. Yes. They're killing time. They're killing time. Yep. That's exactly right. Um, They're peeking into doors. They know there's a certain time frame when she's going to arrive. arrive, Right. So they have to just kind of like, well, let me just go check this place out. So I'm familiar. I know which way to go when I leave. Um, and I don't know if I, if I agree, sometimes people will say that person looks like they're very familiar with the church. And then some people will say that person looks like they've never been there before. I don't really, I don't really know how to, I don't know how they get that this person looks familiar with the church. Yeah, because the way the perpetrator looks when they open the Dutch doors, they were clearly surprised by it. Their head right. jerks back. Like, oh, when, here we go. Yeah, and <laughs> anyone that was familiar with the church, that's a very small church. Renee and I had an opportunity to walk through it on our way home from CrimeCon last year, and the church is so much smaller than we thought it was going to be. I know, it looks so big. and we It were looks like, huge on their surveillance video. I guess it's those fisheye cameras up in the yeah. corner like that at the very top, the way they're positioned. I don't know what it is, but it makes the place look huge. I know it took us less than five minutes to walk all four oh yeah all four walls. and we weren't walks, walking fast either mm-hmm. and um but if you have been in that church at all you wouldn't be shocked by a dutch door no. because those are obviously where the kids classrooms are and we all know why they have those dutch doors is so they can open the top part i remember when my kids we go to prestonwood and plano i remember when my kids were little we'd always pick them up and they had those dutch doors closed so they can't run out mm-hmm. But you can greet the parents and let them sign their kid in or sign their kid out. And they're wonderful. And um, so, yeah, the perpetrator being totally shocked by that was a little strange. 
Yeah, I agree. Unless the perp thought maybe it was just going to be one piece. But anyway, the point is, is I don't necessarily think they were super familiar with that church. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see any evidence of that in the video. I think they're just walking around just blowing time, like you said, just yeah, waiting for looking her indoors. Yeah, they knew she would be there. They right. knew that much. But I'm not necessarily sure they knew the entire layout. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone disagrees with that, please let us know what your thoughts are, because I would love to see if we're missing something. But oh, yeah, we don't really we don't really see any evidence that this perpetrator was really familiar with the church. Um, We're very confused about so many things in this, in this case, if you know, the, the camera, we used to think it was plural cameras, but we found out later there was only one exterior camera and it wasn't working that morning. And that is just so weird because think about how different this case would be if it was working. Now, not necessarily that that would mean that they got the plate number and whatnot because we know from down the street at SWFA they struggled with that apparently. But, you know, just it would be really interesting to know how this would be different. I think it would probably be solved maybe if you saw the perpetrator pulling in. But you know what? Let's make it even more confusing. Is when the police said that they could see a car in the distance, but it was so far that they couldn't make a do a make or a model or yep. a color or anything like that. And that was, I guess, caught from the inside cameras, but that's even confusing. Yeah, they said they could only, it was, I get the impression they only had like a sliver of the car because they said we're not even comfortable releasing a make or a model of because what they Because you saw. know those two areas on the back of the church where mm-hmm. the stairs are, mm-hmm. You go up the stairs and you kind of go left and then forward Mm -hmm. again. So it's like, what are the odds that that camera would actually be able to catch, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Anything. So um, anyway, more confusion in this case. Yeah, that's just wild. So um, we're committed to this case still. We didn't want you guys to think we've forgotten about it. We wanted to just point out that Missy's killer put a lot of thought and effort into this murder. This wasn't a crime of passion. This wasn't like, oh, my gosh, I just walked in and you're with my husband. You know, it wasn't that kind of thing. This was methodically planned out. Even if it was only planned out for a day, it still would count big time as Mm -hmm. premeditation. Right. And um, we just kind of wanted to go over the way that Renee and I think that this murder is just has such a horror movie quality to it. And this person just, I wouldn't be surprised if the person that perpetrated this murder was really into like gore and stuff and enjoyed, you know, horror, horror movies and really enjoyed gory stuff and maybe, you know, what dressing up, dressing up. Yeah. I mean, cause they did, they did go out of their way to make themselves appear bigger and more manly in my opinion, mm-hmm. because the, the boots look too big. I think mm-hmm. that's why the ankles look so small mm-hmm. um, because it's a smaller, I'm not saying small person, but a smaller mm-hmm. than they appear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, so they did go to a lot of lengths. Right. A lot, there, of, a lot of short-term planning or how yeah, you say yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. I don't think this was a super long. I think initially a lot of people were like, wow, this person planned this for months. I don't think so. I think it could have been planned in a day mm-hmm. or a couple days just thinking about it and going, okay, I'm going to go grab this outfit. I'm going to go, you know, yeah. arrive at this time. And it's probably going to be someone connected to Missy. I don't think it's necessarily someone super close to her. Yeah. But someone who knew some uh, enough about her to be upset not somebody that she hung out with, but maybe somebody that just knew of her. Yeah, a lot yeah. of mutual friends probably and right. had information on, had intel on what time she arrives at that class and stuff like that. Um, okay, so we are 
We promise you that we will come back with another Missy episode as soon as we get any information of any kind. And we're taking suggestions. If there's anything you want us to talk about, please message us on social media. Yeah, we have a couple of people who have sent us some suggestions, and we're going to start working on those um, ideas and how to put together an episode. And um, just, you know, keep coming back with different things to talk about. Keep this going until this person is brought to justice. That's right. And Renee and I are independently, I say independently, I mean together, independently (laughs) working on all kinds of stuff and we'll be able to share that with you soon and um all right we hope everyone has a great day thank you for tuning into true crime broads and we hope to talk to you soon Yeah.